0: Welcome to YB Talk, the leading podcast for the insurance industry across the United States, brought to you by Insurance Business. The sharing economy has boomed over the last decade. As more and more people turn to platforms such as Airbnb, Uber and TaskRabbit, the need for insurance for both the platforms and users has become increasingly important. But how does insurance for the sharing economy work? And what are the unique challenges that come with ensuring a fast-paced and rapidly growing industry? Our expert guest for this episode will be shedding light on this issue. We're joined by Susan Brodel, Senior Vice President at Heffernan Insurance Brokers. Glad to have you on IB Talk today, Susan. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So first off, you've said that you believe there's a disconnect between the insurance system and the sharing economy. Why is that?
1: Well, our insurance system is based on policies for things that you own or things that are in your control. And it's based on damage to that asset or a third-party liability manifesting out of these owned or controlled assets. But in the sharing economy, what you end up doing is permitting use of your assets into a pool where you don't necessarily know who is going to be driving your car, who is going to be using your home in the case of Airbnb or other home rental operations. So there's this huge disconnect because how do we figure out who is actually going to be taking care of our assets? I find this comes up most with regard to car sharing, and that's really providing the biggest difficulty for the insurance industry because so much of the automobile insurance industry is based on statistics from the past. We don't have a whole lot of past statistics on car sharing operations. And so insurers are really challenged to to say, okay, so you've got this car, where is it gonna go? Who's gonna drive it? Do we really know the person driving it is somebody that we would want to insure? So there's quite a bit of disconnect because you don't have the knowledge that we would typically have in the insurance industry to be able to underwrite. It's also come up with bike share programs. And again, we don't have the same sort of world that we had when automobile insurance first came up. Um, About 8.5% of households in the United States don't have a vehicle. Um, And we're probably, from an urban standpoint, going to have less and less people have vehicles. But they're going to need to use vehicles, say, for vacations or errands or perhaps, you know, just going somewhere that mass transit won't go. Or when you don't want to do an Uber or a taxi somewhere. So then we need the ability to share cars, but we don't necessarily want to have the expense of that asset. So societally, we are going towards a different model than the one where we had, you know, one single user for said vehicle or a family that is using said vehicle.
0: Right, so there does seem to be this um, disconnect, as you said, between how we treat insurance policies um, and how we treat risks um, with assets and you know this sharing economy that has that has blossomed over the last several years, um you've given a great example there of you know what type of risks come with Uber. What are other significant exposures that businesses in the sharing economy experience, and what would insurance coverage for these businesses look like well.
1: The exposures. I'm going to use auto as an example because I think everybody is most familiar with that. So, obviously, you want to insure your vehicle for damage to your vehicle, and you obviously want to have liability for harm caused to others, either damage to their vehicles or, un- unfortunately, bodily injury to others. Um, and we all we're all very familiar with car accidents. We are all very familiar with how that works. So. What happens when we don't know who's driving the vehicle? Because we've all had situations where we've gone to the airport, we've rented a vehicle, we've said we're going to be the only driver, and then we've given the keys in this rental to perhaps our friend. And the rental company doesn't know that. But we signed a contract, and the contract said that we're going to be the only driver. So the rental company has to rely on that contract the same way the car sharing companies have to rely on the user's agreement to be the only person driving it. But you can't actually know that. Um, So that's one of the huge exposures that they do have. And then there's a little bit of moral hazard. if you think about the rental car example we don't necessarily drive the rental car the exact same way that we would drive our brand new car off the lot you usually if you own it you're you're careful and if you don't own it you tend to be a little more cavalier that's human behavior because there's not a whole lot of consequence that's right in your face with a rental car somehow there's a disconnect there in our behavior model um, we'll take speed bumps really fast in a rental. We would never do that because we're gonna have to fix our suspension, but you would do it in a rental. And so that that's one of the big issues as well. And then going back on the insurance company side, of course, they're taking on these risks of, we don't really know who's going to be using the vehicles. We have no idea that they're going to use it in a safe manner. Um, and no reliance that they're going to use it on a safe manner. And then we have no past actuarial experience, except perhaps with rental car experience. And that's just a handful of companies. So you don't have the ability to pick a number with a degree of certainty. And when we take away the ability of an underwriter for that I think this is where it belongs. This is kind of the lane of the high and low where we should price something. You take that away, that lane becomes a, I mean, it becomes a LA highway. It's so wide, they don't really know. And so they're gonna tend to really want either a ton of money for it, or say, uh-uh, I'm not comfortable with this. And that's just human nature because underwriters are tasked with making good decisions.
0: Interesting. And so obviously, data, lack of data is a a huge challenge for insurers to to properly underwrite risk for for the sharing economy. So what are are the other sort of types of challenges we might see when it comes to getting the right insurance solutions for for sharing economy businesses?
1: It is really, really a challenge right now. Um, Insurance is a for-profit business. Um, you have investors that invest, they must be compensated. It has to actually work. And if it doesn't work, like we've seen with Cat Cover throughout the last seven years, when the investors are not making any money, and investors who aren't making any money are going to be less interested in future policies. So we've got to figure out a way that's a win for the consumer, but also a win for the insurance carriers, investors, and acknowledging that the insurance carriers are a business. Um, So right now, the attraction to writing this risk is not actually happening very well. Um, And so you're really stuck with just one or two insurance companies, or perhaps working with Lloyds of London and getting super creative. Um, it's, it's tough right now, especially with regard to the transportation with bike share programs and car share programs, it is just tough.
0: So Susan, what should brokers know about working with clients in the sharing economy? What tips can you give them to help them with managing their clients'
1: risks and helping them get the proper coverage? First of all, they should understand the industry really, really well, um, spending a quite a bit of time with business owners and figuring out what are their means and method to protecting the asset themselves in the car share environment. What are, What is your driver um, criteria? How are you selecting drivers? How are drivers being checked for motor vehicle reports? How often? Um, what is the process to get into a vehicle? Do you check the MVR then? Do they check them quarterly? Do they check them annually? Do do car share participants pay an annual fee? Um, what are your demographics that are going to be actually in the cars themselves? Then Being able to explain that to an underwriter to help them get comfortable with those drivers as commercial drivers, and then stepping to the vehicles, what kind of geo tracking do you have on the vehicles? What uh, do you perhaps have boundaries where the car can't go beyond a certain distance? Um, What? kind of tracking do you have on the vehicles with regard to cameras, with regard to GPS? How do we know what's happening in that car? Um, the more you can get the underwriter comfortable with that, the better it's going to go. And also, um, you know, you really can't talk to your your normal line underwriter that that you would bring any normal risk to. These are high level underwriting questions. Um, we have them at the home office level and those are, those are the people who can say yes or no. If you just market it as you would any other normal piece of business, the answer is always going to be, I don't think so. So you really have to go up as high in the food chain at the insurance carrier side as possible. And then you also need to be prepared for a lot of lead time. Um, Three months is dead minimum. Um, there was one bike share program that took me six months to place. It just it—it's tough finding carriers that are willing to willing to meet these these companies where they are, um, and then also be really open to um, forms of self insurance. And having the, um, having the insured have skin in the game, that usually makes it far more attractive for the carrier.
0: Terrific. And certainly there's lots of things to think about for brokers, and we can hope that the uh, insurance industry really evolves to, to help out these businesses. Susan, thank you so much for sharing your insights
1: with us. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. And I hope this is helpful to the brokers out there.
0: And many thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Till next time, I'm Gia Snape, news editor at Insurance Business, and you've been listening to IB Talk, the insurance business podcast.
1: Thank you for listening to IB Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on all major listening channels.